and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello, and welcome to The Schism. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, researcher and conspiracy veteran, Max Egan. I've heard Max be called many things, including the Australian David Icke, but today he's joining us from Mexico, where we're going to be talking to him about the covert war being waged against humanity in its many forms. But first, we caught up with Max about his life and history as an outsider of society. I was able to live on the outside of society for most of my life and just kind of observe the freak show. And kind of, I, I stepped away from it. I left school halfway through my third year of high school. I just said, this is crazy. I'd already been kicked out of four high schools for arguing with my teachers. And I could see what the world was becoming way back then. So I just stepped out of society and lived on the outside of it, which is kind of interesting because it kind of prepared me for what's going on in the world now. Like I've lived a nomadic life for most of my life. I've lived out of a suitcase. I've toured. I've been on the road with bands, doing front of house and playing guitar and whatever. So, you know, I don't really have any real home base or any any real roots anywhere. I'm kind of a bit like a tumbleweed, you know. So with what's going on in the world and, and the amount of instability in the world, it's kind of put me in a position where I'm able to adapt to most situations. So it's interesting how it's kind of worked out, you know. So a lot of people that are freaking out that the whole paradigm's collapsing around them, and I'm like, well, it's it's I've never really been in the paradigm. And I don't see anything to fear from the impending collapse of this slavery system. I see it all as an opportunity, you know, but people have got to get back in touch with themselves. And unfortunately, I've, I've kind of lived that life for most of my life. So it's uh, it's been interesting, yeah. But I've, been, I've always been a bit of an outcast and I've always lived on the outside of society. I spent most of my life as a musician until 9-11 happened. And then I thought, well, all this research I've been doing on the side is actually important and uh, that used to be my hobby, and mu- music was was my profession. And now it's become speaking the truth is my profession, and music is my hobby. So I just mm. kind of reversed roles, and here I am. You know, I like the way you said observing the freak show reminded me of the Australian band Silverchair and their album Freak Show. It's a complete freak show, and and the only way to really get through it is to become an observer of it. Mm. Uh, you know, be as as Christ said, be be in the world, but not of the world. So uh, it's that's the way you've got to do it. That's the way to get through it. You know. So did you get the hell out of Australia during COVID, or were you already no, during there? COVID? Like two weeks before, they were bringing in mandatory uh, vaccines to leave, and excuse me, I managed to get out like two weeks or ten days before they brought that in. Wow. I just had this intuitive feeling that I, I needed to get out of the country. And uh, there was all sorts of little warning signs that they were they were looking for me. And I knew they were going to lock the place down. And I thought, well, it might be time to leave. And you actually had to apply to leave the country. I mean, but um, so I, I got a, a, an employment application sent to me by someone, which was all completely fake. But it looked really real. Like, oh, yes, please get your visa and get your, your work visa. And when you've sent us the details, we'll send you back what we need. And I, I sent that in as my application. And they approved me to be able to leave for, for a minimum of three months. And um, so I just left. And it took me like 52 hours to get to the United States from Brisbane via Singapore. It was crazy what I had to do to get out of there. But I just had these intuitive feelings that I should leave. And then, interestingly, once I got to the United States, I was going to stay there for a couple of months. But I thought, no, I've got to get out of here and go to Mexico. 
So I left in four days and went down to Mexico. The day after I came to Mexico, they changed all the visa requirements in Mexico because it's normally a six-month visa. They changed that to 30 days the day after I arrived. So I just managed to slip in that little crack. And then um, I'd been in Mexico for four days and the police went around to my sister's house in uh, in Australia, which was my mailing address, and said, we, we need to talk to your brother because he's been threatening to kill police officers. She's like, no, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't done any of that stuff. And uh, so, and then um, three days after that, they shut all my bank accounts down. They shut down my Patreon, shut down my PayPal's, um, shut down everything and, and basically froze all my finances. So I, I think I left at the right time, you know. Wow. But uh, I think they were really annoyed. I think they'd probably been planning it for a while. And I think had they managed to set me up as an extremist, Mm. then they would have uh, it would have been a lot more effective because of my contact list. I mean, I'm pretty much in contact with everybody in Australia who's speaking out. I've been doing this for a long time and around the world. If they could have painted me as a as a right-wing extremist, then they could have painted the entire movement in Australia as being right-wing extremists. An interesting thing, an interesting clue for me was that they uh, gave me a shooter's license. I, I'd, appri- I'd applied for a shooter's license in 2019. Halfway through 2020, like 14 months later, it came through in the mail. And I'm like, where did this come from? I thought they obviously weren't going to approve me. I mean, and if it's taken 14 months to investigate me, surely they know who I am. And why would they be giving me a shooter's license? And that that got me really sussed. I thought, okay, they're about to set me up because they haven't given me my PTAs. I can't go and pick up any weapons, but they've given me a license, which means this is plausible deniability. I've got the ability to actually go and buy gunpowder and bullets and all sorts of stuff. They could have set me up with 3D printed guns or said I was buying gunpowder and making bombs or anything they could have done. That was one of the uh, the triggers for me to leave. Plus, there was this woman that was doxing my dress everywhere and, and urging people to come and harm me. And all these things are happening. I'm thinking, well, I've, I've got to leave. There's all these things here mm-hmm. telling me I've got to leave this place. Where am I going to go? There's nowhere in Australia I can really go. So, hey, I'll go to Mexico. And I just flew blind over here. Like I, I contacted Jeff Berwick and said, uh, if you hear me say on one of my radio shows that I'm going to go dark for a couple of weeks, this means I'm coming to Mexico. And he said, okay, well, if you come, I'll make sure that you've got a, a house to, to come to, you know, a place to, to land, you know. And I told him, I, he heard me say it, and then I, I flew out. And he wasn't even in Mexico when I arrived. He was down in, in Panama or Nicaragua or somewhere off doing something else, Salvador. And uh, I arrived in Mexico completely blind. I had no address to go to. I had no phone number. I didn't know anybody, can't speak the language, just arrived at Acapulco Airport and prayed there would be someone there to meet me. And uh, one of Jeff's servants was there, took me back to his place and looked after me for a couple of months. And yeah, so that's how I'm That's how I'm here. And I've been here for almost two years, actually two years next month I've been here. So in, in two weeks from now, it'll be it'll be two years. Were you as shocked as we were by the level of tyranny that was going on during that COVID era in Australia? Because it was almost like the worst in the Western world. It was uh, ensuing chaos comparing UK to Australia was very different. I was I was um I was shocked that uh, the people let them get away with it. I wasn't shocked mm. at the level of of tyranny because that's what the Australian government is. They're they're disgrace, graceful government. They're one of the most corrupt governments in the Western world. One of the most brutal police forces in the Western world. I mean, even in the UK and and, and um, in the United States and in many countries, you know, you can give a little bit of lip back to the police. You know, question them on what they're doing. If you question the Australian police on anything, they will kick the living shit out of you. That's what they do. These are brutal, brutal thugs who can get away with anything they want to do. 
And uh, people don't understand how, how violent and how brutal the Australian police are, which is why the Australian people are so compliant. The Australian people are good people, but you know, you get browbeaten enough and you get threatened and brutalised enough, you have these thugs come around in their big Batman outfits wearing body armour and deadly weapons, and they, they can just beat you up at any excuse. And if you even lift a finger back towards them or, or anything, they'll just say, oh, you resisted arrest, more charges, whatever. If you try to exercise your rights with these people, they just say, oh, what, well, you think I don't have any authority over you? You must have a mental problem and they'll take you away and throw you into a nut house for three months and drug you. And then it could take you like, if you haven't got someone in your family on the outside fighting to get you out, you could end up staying in there for a couple of years. So this is this is the level of brutality we see in Australia. People don't realise uh, what how bad it actually is. So I wasn't surprised to see that type of tyranny coming from the government, but I was surprised that the Australian people didn't unite a little bit and and the level of compliance with the with the scamdemic. I mean, it was so obviously fake. You could see it right from the beginning. I mean, I called it within three days of people collapsing in China. I was looking at it going, what's going on here? And then within three days, I'm saying, no, this is a fraud. This is all fraudulent. I think I was one of the first people on the, in the world to call it out as being fraudulent. I think David Icke even took another week before he started calling it out as fraudulent. And um, it, it was a, honestly, absolutely, obviously a fraud. And that's what blew me out was that people were wearing masks and they were complying. I mean, even when I was in Australia, when they, when they said to do this and You've got a social. I just didn't do any of it. I didn't wear a mask. Never wore a mask for the whole pandemic. I flew all the way over to Mexico via Singapore without wearing a mask. Got on aircraft, did all that stuff without wearing a mask. No jabs, no PCR tests. I just did it. There's ways through all of it. So when they say they didn't force you to do this, well, they're right. They didn't actually force you to do it. They made life very, very difficult for you if you didn't, but they didn't come come and put a gun to your head and hold you down and force you to put the mask on. Not me anyway. So, I mean, I think they did with some people, but uh, I just didn't do any of it. And when they said you can't travel more than five kilometres from your home, I started going and doing my walk and talks out in the National Park. And I deliberately drove, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 20 miles away from my home to do my walk and talks, you know. And there'd be, you go to a forest trail and there'd be police tape across it. And I'd, what is this? I just kind of walk through it and go and do my walk and talk. Well, you're, you're fencing off the forests and fencing off the playgrounds and all this sort of stuff. You know, arresting people for not wearing masks on the beach. I mean, this is just crazy mm. stuff. And uh, yeah. so I was surprised at the level of compliance more than anything. I mean, had the Australian people seen what was going on and simply refused to comply, then they never would have been able to be as brutal as they were. Mm. But it's, it's that level of compliance. And unfortunately, I mean, Australian people have been brutalised so much over the last 30 or 40 years that they're just used to it and they're scared of the police because the police are incredibly brutal. And you can't really blame them for being scared. I mean, if you're standing by yourself against six or 10 police officers, there's not a lot you can do. You, you need to have, you know, 20 or 30 people standing with you because these guys are all armed, tasers and body armour and helmets and whatever, you know, so... If you can't get that level of support from the people around you, then you've got no choice but to kind of keep your head down, you know? We saw some pretty brutal scenes firsthand, didn't we? Because we went to the COVID protests in England, in London, and there was 
I mean, I guess you'd call them riot police, but they come in like I've never seen police ever before, swinging their batons, like hitting anyone that was in the way. Yeah, you're the enemy. Mm. You know? and, and, um, and the riot police, I mean, they come to start a riot. That's why they call them the riot police. You know, they, they are, and if you look at any protest you go to, the violence is always, always started by the police every single time. Mm. And if they can't, they don't have an opportunity to start violence and they'll get a bunch of their members to take their uniforms off and go and join the crowd, start throwing rocks at the police to give the police an opportunity to fight back, you know, Jean yeah. provocateurs. They start all the violence absolutely all the time. And generally the riot police are the ones who do it. But uh, they want to instill that fear in people. They they want to get you scared. I mean, they were seeing what was probably going on in Australia and thinking, why can't we get this level of compliance with the people of the, of the UK? And I'm more jealous. Be more brutal. The more brutal you are, the more fear you'll instill in them and the more you'll encourage them not to come out. They'll stay home. Hmm. So that, that's what we've seen in all of our countries. Yeah. You know? It's been shocking, absolutely shocking. That's why you can't, you can't forgive what they've done. You can't believe anything they're saying. I mean, look what they've just done in the last three or four years. Mm. That's what this voice referendum in Australia, what these same liars who, who just lied and did all this mm. stuff to you for the last three and a half, nearly four years, while well, you're believing that this voice referendum is actually good for the people. When has the government done anything that's good for the people? Look at what the, the UK, look at all of our governments, look what's happening in Europe, look at the influx of migrants, look what's going on in all of our countries. How can you believe a word these people say? And how can you believe the police are on your side and that if you report a crime, something's actually going to come of it? You know, the biggest crime we face comes from those parasites masquerading as politicians. And if you're trying to report them, the police arrest you. What does that tell people? You know, it's time to, time to make a stand. We've got to realise what's going on here. There's a war going on. It's a war of depopulation that's being run by the holding company that runs the whole world that is masquerading as a system of governments and nations, and it's happening in every country. They're all working together towards the same goal. People who think Russia and Putin's in here saving the day, there's migrants influxes into, into Russia as well. There's people dying from the jab in Russia. Russia's going in there and depopulating Ukraine because they've got an agenda for Ukraine. On my last report, I showed you they're actually literally, they've, they've gone through so many soldiers and so many young men, sent them to the front, and they're beating the hell out of them to get them there. Now they're creating padded armor for pregnant women to be able to send pregnant women down onto the front line. I had the woman in my last show. That shows you the level of depopulation that's happening there. While Zelensky is out there touring the world, going to the yeah, United yeah. Nations and just going, this is great and giving me billions of dollars and how we need, I need all this money because Putin's going to be the new Hitler. It's just crazy. And uh, it, what's going on in Ukraine at the moment is absolutely next level depopulation. And like, like I said, body armor for pregnant women? Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, it, it boggles the mind what's going on in the world. I'm waiting, so. I'm waiting to see Zelensky on the red carpet. That's like the only place I haven't seen <laughs> well, him yet. Sean Penn gave him an Oscar a year or so ago. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He is doing like literally a tour. He, He's a gay comedian. He's a gay yeah. comedian. He got up there and did all those little butt dances yeah. and shit. I mean, this is a gay comedian. That's and now he just wears green army like he's actually out there on the front all the time. Wherever you see him, he's got the same green outfit. I know, on. like like he's playing a character, but he's in a such character a character out of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy, the guy who runs the um the it's one of the guys from the WEF or the WHO or some little Indian guy. And he's always got that brown coat on with the white sleeves. It's like he's only got one jacket. He's like a character from The Simpsons. They're always in the same clothes. It's like a character in the in the TV show, you know? 
Well, this silent war that you've just kind of mentioned, this war being waged on humanity, this is kind of what we wanted to talk to you about today. There's a book called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, and I've heard it be called Fifth Generational Warfare. It's covert tactics that most people aren't even aware exist because either they're Mm. not aware of the technology or it's so sophisticated that it's outside of people's comprehension. So Mm. they're, they're the sorts of things that we wanted to talk to you about yeah, un- un- unconventional warfare. See, people yes. through through televisions and stuff, people are, are fed the concept of what war looks like. Mm. War looks like people in uniform with guns, and it looks like tanks, and it looks like RVs, and it looks like planes flying overhead, dropping bombs on cities, and then the ground troops go in and clean up. There's there's unconventional warfare. We, we've been under attack for a long, long time. The spraying in the skies that people refuse to admit mm. is happening. Just look up, folks. They're spraying the skies. I mean, you guys in London, the, the skies that I see whenever I'm in the UK are just like, how can you not see this? I see them every day when I go it's to like the a, park to walk my, my dog. It's like a checkerboard mm. above the highway, above the M1. You just look up. It's just incredible the amount of spraying. And on the, the last um, video, they admit now. They're, they're saying, yes, yes, geoengineering. We're doing all this stuff, and what a great way to block out the sun, blah, blah, blah. What do we need the sun blocked out? I mean, supposed to be putting up solar farms and things so what you're going to put up a solar farm and block out the sun how's this working bill i mean i can't see the logic here you know the 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 attack on the food chain what they've done to our food the poisons they've put in our food slowly poisoning it's fluoride the the em radiation the vaccine the jab what they've put in the jab which is they're, they're literally building an operating system inside people this is stuff that I went through on my radio reports and my, my videos like 18 months ago. When, when you really look at what they're injecting into you, this is why you need so many boosters because they're adding to the operating system all the time. And, you know, prions disease, the zombie apocalypse, all the stuff that we're heading for. And the zombie apocalypse that they talk about, this is simply prion disease. And we know there's prions within the jab. So they're using every possible modality they can in feeding all of our countries with migrants. And look what's going on in Lampedusa at the moment. Like 18,050 at the last count, migrants arrived there within a week. And this is a population of 6,000 people. They've had eight, over 18,000 migrants. It's three times the population arrive on this tiny little island. This is all about taking over our countries. Look at the race wars that are erupting through France, through England, like shops being ransacked, violence on the streets. These are invading forces that are coming into all our countries. This is the war that's being waged. You know, and, and then you, you look at the price of the dollar, the price of the pound, how food has become too expensive to purchase, rent is too expensive to purchase. Oh, climate change, we can't let you use heaters during winter. So people are going to freeze to like, there's so many things that they're, they're attacking mm. us with. And a lot of people just can't see it because it's unconventional warfare. Like I said, they're used to planes, bombs, tanks. They don't see that. So they don't understand that there's a war going on. But you look at what your life is like now compared to what your life was like in 1970 and, and have a look at what's been done to the world and have a look at where we're going and look at what the obvious conclusion of all this is and then realize that all of these problems that exist in our societies, all of these things that are happening to us, all these shortages and the, the breakdown of everything through COVID, which was what a lot of it was about, destroying small businesses, yeah. all of this has been legislated to happen. All of it's the result of actions that have been taken by politicians. And if you think they're doing this to protect you, 
I don't know. This is a hell of a form of protection, isn't it? I mean, destroying your life and your societies and everything about every every manner of the way you used to live, your entire way of life has been destroyed by these people. Mm. Now, how, is, how is this protecting you from a virus that they never identified? It's all leading towards the same thing, you know, and it's all been legislated to happen. And all the stuff we try to do to stop it, all the red tape we're tied up in is all legislated to be there as well. So I think these people are abusing the offices that they hold and using those offices to delegate themselves powers they have no right to have, and they're using those offices to destroy our countries from within. The West has been infiltrated, and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're too free. We've, we've been too creative. We, we do too many things that they can't control. So they want to uh, basically dilute the populations and get rid of the populations and get everybody in their little 15-minute zones and everybody doing what they're told, eating bugs and insects and being completely compliant because that's the way they've always wanted to run it. And they want they need the world depopulated in order to do that, of course, which they're doing through this jab and through just the breakdown of society as well. I mean, the, the, the amount of suicides, the amount of people dying from, from whatever – because of the, the way the world is now. It's just, uh, you know, no one can see the way out. The, the way out is for us to respect each other, be the best friends we can be to each other and unite as one world movement and simply refuse to comply and just get on with our lives. Mm. Ask these people who the hell they think they are. They're sitting in that office. You call yourself the prime minister or whatever. Well, we don't support you anymore. We have no confidence in your government's ability to govern, so we require you to leave the building and we'll replace you with someone of integrity. You know, if people stood up and said that, well, they've got nowhere to go. But uh, people are too afraid to stand up and say it. But uh, I mean, we are seeing some pushback. A lot of the, all the ULES cameras being cut down in the UK. Mm -hmm. On that truck yeah. driver who drove through the police cars the other day because he just had enough. I mean, you're going to start seeing more of this sort of stuff. That might seem a little dramatic to people, and sure, it was a little pretty over the top. But hey, it's kind of come to that. The ULES thing put a smile on my face, seeing that there was like a whole, you know, like whole gangs of people dismantling yeah. these cameras. And it, it feels like, you know, oh, there is an actual resistance. There's men out there, I'm assuming it's men, yeah. that are going out with ladders <laughs> and tools and taking these things down. And, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, sending a message, we don't want this stuff. I mean, another thing that's being pushed big time in the UK at the moment is, 15-minute cities, yeah. which they're trialling in Oxford. Is is there anything like this, you know, in back, All over the world. back in Australia? 15-minute. All over the world, yeah, Every, everywhere. They put this out quite a while ago. Like I started talking about 15-minute cities, like I think about two years ago. Um, and they're doing them everywhere. They're doing them all through the United States. They're doing it. Uh, this is what they've just done in Hawaii with burning out Maui. They want to turn Lahaina into a 15-minute city. So, yeah, all of this sort of stuff is happening all over the world. And uh, that's what all the ULES cameras are all about. That's why they're limiting your ability to go into London. Sure, they're putting a ring around London, but it's also to put these cameras in these neighbourhoods and to lock these neighbourhoods into these 15-minute zones, which, of course, they have to do because of climate change and they have to do because of COVID and all sorts of stuff, you know. Uh, and so if you're going to be locked into a 15-minute zone, well, you might as well get a virtual headset so you can go actually travel around yeah. the world while you're in your lounge room and, you know, get you into that mainframe-type world. Uh, this is, it's all leading towards the same thing. It, it's all leading towards transhumanism and a complete loss of, of everything you know. So you can just lie in your pod like in the Matrix and get, get uh, mealworms and maggots and insects fed to you and, and live in your little virtual world and go and have virtual sex with someone and <laughs> never actually leave your house, you know? Yeah. And it's okay, yeah. the government will look after you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw it on the news, but I think just this week, Elon Musk had Neuralink approved for human trials. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. In a, yeah. In a US court of law, they said, oh, yeah, you're free now, Elon. To- mm. And they've just brought in um, more, more censorship and all sorts of stuff on the back of Russell Brand, I think. I mean, I just got a, a ban from Twitter the other day. Bunch of people been banned from Twitter. I mean, I'll be back in a week or two. But to- yeah, the Russell Brand thing, because that's very current at the moment in, well, in the UK. It's all that's in the news. People, people are arguing over whether he's he's guilty or innocent, and I say, well, I'll just leave that. I'm not even going to judge him either way. It seems a very interesting timing that it ought to come out now that it's all very contrived. You know, I've said to people, waking up is a process, and I said years ago, you're going to see people in the mainstream they're going to break ranks eventually. And, you know, Russell Brand's got some pretty shady ties with the Rothschilds mm. and um, uh, Noah Harari and people like this. So he's not someone you can really trust. But on the same token, some of the stuff he's been saying lately, what matters is how they're going to use it, how they're going to play it, what's it been all about. Something very noticeable is that they've deplatformed him and demonetized him on YouTube and, and cancelled all his book deals and all this sort of stuff. And there's been no charges put against him. These these girls apparently made these complaints to the media and they were approached by the media and asked if they would please like to make a complaint. I'd like to know how much they were paid to make these complaints. Mm. And he's been deplatformed and demonetized simply because someone suggested wrongdoing. So now there doesn't have to be a crime. There doesn't have to be anything proven. Mm. It's now just a suggestion. If people come along to you and they suggest that you've done the wrong thing, oh, I saw Pete the other day and he he did this to me when you know 20 years ago when I was a kid. That's all you gotta do is suggest it. And and suddenly this guy will be completely demonetized and deplatformed. And so it takes it to the next level. It mm. takes all of this censorship to the next level. Now you don't even need a valid reason. You don't even be able to have to provide a paper trail or, or some evidence of crime. All you've got to do is suggest it. It's very, very dangerous where they're taking this. So that's how it's being played. It's, it's to legitimize this type of activity, to legitimize complete demonetization and deplatforming of anybody who even suggests anything. You suggest the government is doing the wrong thing. We're going to shut you down. Mm. This is what all the misinformation laws, a new online safety bill they're bringing in, because that's right on the back of all this. You know, like with what Russell Brand has, has been accused of, you've got the online safety bill gets announced like within two or three days of that. You know, and it's it's all leading towards the same thing. It's just a way of shutting people down and legitimizing it. So Joe Public out there is going to be fine with it. Going to be fine with anyone being deplatformed, demonetized. Oh, he's speaking out against the government. He must be crazy. Why would you not trust the government? Look what they've done to save us in the last few years. They saved us from this terrible virus. Now they're trying to save us from climate change. You know, which is a complete fraud. There is no climate change. It's a, it's a joke. So it's legitimizing all that. It just shows you that they're they're going to shut people down, silence them for, for whatever reason they can, because they're about to take things to the next level. Things are going to get serious in the next couple of years. And, you know, what we've just seen in the last four has just been putting all the, the dominoes in place. Mm. You know, and, and they're about to take it to the next level. So I think that's all going to be riding off the back of this. Well, something that it definitely feels like taking it to the next level, and it's very current, and you mentioned it briefly then, what's recently happened in Hawaii with the Maui fires. Could you comment a little bit on that? Because, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about the fires being the result of direct energy weapons and this being an attack, like you said, on the people of Maui that didn't want to go forward with this smart city or 15-minute city agenda. Yeah, well, they they just um, went through all these court cases and things and, and had that land secured. Like People have been trying to buy that land from the elders for, for years, some of the most valuable land on Maui. 
and they've been trying to buy it from the elders for a year, and they just fought for years to have this legislation passed whereby it can't be developed. You can't be, be building new structures there and all this sort of thing. And then suddenly a fire goes through and destroys all the prime real estate, the police trapping people inside. Everything that happened with that Maui fire, the way that the police put roadblocks up to prevent people from leaving. Um, and they were, there's so much evidence that these were directed energy weapons. The fire didn't burn normally. I've been looking at the maps. The maps on Google Earth are actually, they've put in new images. I even got to wonder why they gave us new images of Lahaina. But very, very high res and very, very detailed images of Lahaina. You can find areas there like where Walmart is, where the whole shopping center is. It's not burned at all. There's a couple of shops there around there that are burned. But then in the middle of the Walmart, in between two buildings, you'll find four or five burned out cars. What are they doing there? How did the fire jump over these buildings and burn out these cars in the center? You find the whole car parks burnt out but the shops aren't touched you find certain houses are burnt but other ones around them aren't the trees aren't burnt there's there's so much evidence that these were directed energy weapon attacks usually in a wildfire the trees are burnt <laughs> well that's what causes the wildfire doesn't yeah. it you know so fire's not really that picky yeah even if the trunks are still there and some of the branches are still there all the fine twigs and, and leaves these are the first thing to go these are all still on the trees they might be blackened and they might be dark, but they're all still on the trees. And yet the house next to it is turned to white ash. You don't even see a stove. You don't even see a refrigerator. None of this metal mm. stuff is still standing, which we yeah. normally see in a fire. Walls and remnants of the kitchen and stuff like that. No, it's all white ash. The whole lot's white ash. The cars are burnt out to the point that the aluminium rooms are running down the street. And yet the, the asphalt isn't, isn't melted. You know, it, it takes like 1,200 degrees or something to melt aluminium, and it kept it molten enough that it was run 10 or 15 feet down the road from the car, and yet the asphalt beneath it is not melted. Asphalt melts at like 480 degrees. Yes, so yeah. what's going on here? And there's a lot of evidence that the, the, whatever microwave they use is actually targeting metal. It's actually heating the metal up. So, and it's it's not burning the wood. It's not burning a lot of, but it's just anything that's got metal in it, which I think is, is why they're making steel framed homes and all this sort of stuff. But all of this has been about depopulation. It's all been about you know getting a fifteen minute city. They put a plan like in two thousand and ten. They put out a document, the whole Maui plan, whole Maui Island plan, and they talk about fifteen minute cities in two thousand and ten, making cities uh, more uh, suitable for pedestrian activity and everything closer to home. They don't actually mention fifteen minute cities but when you read the document that's exactly what they're mm. actually talking about you know and this was put forth in 2010 they shut down the water they didn't put out any sirens they they locked all the people into their homes they sent the children home from school but it's all it's all been contrived and it's all very obviously right on cue right after they had all this legislation passed and all of these people wanting to buy this land mm. and straight after as soon as and they rezoned the land as well like like three weeks before these fires, they can the, the mayor or the governor cancelled like five or six zoning laws and they rezoned the land. So now when people go and ask for their insurance on their land, they say, well, there was a zoning issue. People trapped and burned in their cars and yet Walmart's still fine and all the elite houses along the, the, the coastal area are all fine. Fire didn't go near them. Very selective fire. You know, it, it's so yeah. obvious a setup, yeah. incredibly obviously a setup. And, uh, but there's a lot of pushback. The people of Maui are really, really angry and they're not letting it go. And uh, mm. people okay. got to say, this is an act of war. This was an act of war that was carried out against the people of Maui by the government. And uh, you can't put up with it. You've got to start pushing back. All of the people, all the police who blocked the, the people in and blocked off the roads and wouldn't let them leave, all of these people are accessories to murder. 
the governor is an accessory to murder, the mayor is an accessory to murder. You might as well call it what it is. Wasn't the water turned off as well, I heard, so they couldn't yeah, yeah. put out the fire, you know. Yeah. yeah, the people are there using their hoses and having fighting yeah. it off, and then suddenly the water stops. Yeah. They turned it off. Another thing that we noticed as well is the sort of like drone footage almost oh. of all the cars. Yeah. Not only, like you said, were the windows burn out and the tires, tires burn out, which obviously couldn't happen at the degree that a wildfire would burn out. Kind of reminds me of 9 11 and oh, the steel beams. Or the dustification of the complete towers. <laughs> but well, interesting thing with 9 11 too is there were cars all burnt out on the other side of Manhattan. Yeah. Mm, right, like, yeah. And, and they were what, what, how were all the cars burned out anyway around 9 11? Wasn't it a plane up on the like 50th floor? Yeah. And then suddenly it collapsed. How are the cars on the street burned? Very reminiscent of that. And the other point was all the doors were closed. Now, if you were, as they said, running from a wildfire, many of them to the ocean where they would be safe, would you go, oh, hang on a minute, better close the door first? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. They say a lot of people burnt to death in their cars. Why didn't they get out of the cars? Mm. This would have to be a directed energy weapon. Yeah. It's really quick, like a microwave weapon. If you saw mm. a fire coming to you, you're not going to sit in your car and wait to burn to death. And then, like you say, get out and close the door and lock the car and go jump in the ocean. You're not going to do this. So You're going to freak out, you're going to grab the kids and you're going to run. So how would these direct energy weapons be deployed? Well, there's various ways they could do it. I mean, there's talk of, of Chinese satellites that went over. Um, if if that is the case, then I would say, I mean, it's all one club anyway. It's not China's fault. I mean, even if even if Chinese satellites were used, mm. the Chinese didn't shut down the water. The Chinese didn't barricade the roads. The Chinese didn't turn off the sirens. They didn't do any of that stuff. So that's one theory. Another uh, possibility is the smart meters on people's homes. 5G frequencies could possibly be doing this. 5G, fifth-generation communication, deploys a millimeter wave, which is military technology. Millimeter wave. And so when people say 5G, they think 5G is this, this thing. It simply means fifth generation, okay? That's all it means. And the fifth generation of communication doesn't use an ambient wave like we normally use for radio broadcasts. It uses a directed millimeter wave. Directed millimeter waves are military technology. This is what they use for active denial systems, mm -hmm. microwave systems, sound cannons. Um, those, those microwave cannons they can hit you with that makes you feel like your skin's burning when, it, when it's actually not. They can do all sorts of stuff with this 5G weaponry. Mm -hmm. And this has been put in place in all of our communities. I said um, when they first started doing this back in, I think, 2017, 2018, I put out a warning about 5G that it's actually a weapon system they're deploying in your home that can be used for any number of things. So that's one possibility. They could have used 5G. They could have used satellites. They could have used directed energy weapons from planes. Hell, they could have used balloons with, with lasers on them. Mm. You know, there's any number of ways they could have done it. They could have sat up on the hills, you know, set up on the top of the hills in Maui and done it, done it directed energy beams from there with military equipment. There's there's all sorts of ways they like, could have done it. Like the grassy um, knoll kind of style. Well, yeah. There's all sorts of more independence day, you know. The problem is again, you know, we get caught in arguing over these details. It's like 9-11, you know, how did they do it? You know, if it mm. wasn't doesn't much, doesn't much yeah, happen. yeah. How did the buildings come down? Was it was it thermite? Was it directed energy weapons? Was it mm. microchips? And then people argue about it. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is that it happened and how the legislation is going to be used and where this is going to be uh, taken and how it's going to be used to remove power from the people and give more power to government. Mm. In all of these situations, we always get caught arguing over the details. But there's any number of ways they could have done it. I mean, there's all sorts of ways of deploying these weapons 
something something that um i kept on seeing was things that were blue weren't affected mm. so for example there was a load of blue umbrellas that seemed mm. completely untouched uh some blue vehicles and people were saying oh that's because it could be some kind of a laser that for whatever reason doesn't affect the blue color is that just completely out there or you know is there some no, that's actually very possible that's actually very very possible if you look at lasers, I mean, even when they they burn blue jeans, you know, they burn you get you buy ripped jeans and stuff. Mm. They actually shine a laser on it, and they'll shine a color like a, a red or a purple, and then they'll shine the laser on there, and it, it won't burn where the red or purple is. It'll only burn the blue. That's how they get the the cuts all neat and stuff. So they they just mm. um, it'll only or it won't burn. It won't burn the blue. They've got to shine the red on there. Sorry, and it'll only burn in that right. red. Strip. Purposefully distressed jeans. And um, a lot of lasers, you can sign, they've shown experiments and put different cloths down there and shine the laser across it and it won't burn the blue. So that's that's actually very, very possible. I mean, that, that's another um, evidence of directed energy weapons. If you don't have all these cars burn out in the street and one blue car in the middle that didn't burn. You know, all I wonder what burn out and one one house with a blue roof that didn't burn, you know, would indicate that they were very likely came from above as well, those lasers, you know, mm. so because they weren't burning the roofs. So if they were coming from the side, like through 5G towers, you'd think these houses still would have burned down because yeah. the walls aren't painted blue. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps they were coming from above. Why specifically would they choose blue? Or is that just... It's just the way the lasers work. Right, okay. Because I saw some wild stuff, like people saying, think about it. When you see UN soldiers, they've all got blue helmets on and all this stuff. That makes sense as well. I mean, if they're going to be hitting people with directed (laughs) energy weapons from above, of course you'd have your soldiers having blue helmets on. Yeah, I mean, in a future war, it'd be pretty pretty clever, wouldn't it? In the air, and it's not hitting your UN soldiers because they've got blue helmets. But then, you know, it's going to hit other parts of the uniform as well, isn't it? So you've got a question. But well, they might be all in blue. Well, they could be. They could be. <laughs> like, so, like that awful song about everything's in blue. Yeah, um, blue. Yeah. And we, 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 we all know it. But going back to 5G then, because at the very start of the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about 5G being linked with the outbreak of COVID. Now, we, we all know that that's nonsense but is there some link between 5g and covid or more accurately 5g and what's in the the old jabs yeah i absolutely think there is like like i say 5g is a millimeter wave system it gives you the ability for for mass communication instantaneously basically and it's not so you'll have better bandwidth on your phone so they'll have better bandwidth for what they want to do the frequencies they can put into people i mean i showed stuff on my videos years ago how you can they, they put nanotech into rats and they got the, the genes to switch on and off by hitting them with, with radio frequencies. I mean, everything you experience is, is radio frequencies. You're an electrical being. Every, every, everything you experience is electromagnetic. With the 5G system, they've got control of the, of the airwaves. They can put whatever they want in anybody and it's a targeted beam. It's a direct beam. So they can pick you out of a crowd. They can intercept your 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 neural points and put thoughts and, and visions and images and voices in your head, your voice of God technology. They've talked about that for the last like 25 years, 30 years they were talking about this, back in 1991. And they can target individuals or they can target entire crowds. And there's patents to show that they do this. Patents going back to like 1976 that show they can do this. Um, they can mind control people, all sorts of things. I think there's actually a lot to it. 5G is a, is a millimeter wave, and it's a military weapons system before anything else. Communication is secondary 
to what the millimeter wave is capable of. The millimeter wave, any, any type of electromagnetic weapons, any type of mind control, any type of active denial system, it all functions on the millimeter wave. Mm. And there's applications for it that they haven't even dreamed up yet. And then they're talking about the internet of bodies. They're talking about mm. brain net and all of this sort of stuff. I mean, this is what 5G is for. And anything you can do electromagnetically, you can do with this 5G system, with this millimeter wave system. And like I said, stuff that we, we haven't even dreamed of or become aware of yet. Even the people that are installing it saying the applications for this technology are even yet to be discovered. There's so much we can do with this because they've got so much bandwidth and they've got the ability to target any single person they want individually you know, or en masse. And when you understand, like, like I said, I mean, there might be payloads within the vaccine that can be activated via frequency. It makes sense. And I, th I think there's a lot to it. I think that's why when the lockdowns came and we we're all told it just two weeks to flatten the curve, stay home. You had telecom workers out there working around the clock, 24 hours a day, putting up these 5G towers right from day one. Mm, same you know, here. Like, yeah. What has this got to do with protecting you from a virus? putting mm. up these communication towers. When everybody's told to stay home, two weeks to flatten the curve, got to wear a mask. How come these telecom workers don't? They're out there spreading the virus, aren't they? How come they're able to go and do all this stuff while we've got to be locked down? Because that was the purpose. They didn't want you to see how quickly they were putting this infrastructure up around the place. And it isn't for communication. So what is it for? Mm. And I said, look at the applications for this technology and look what radio frequencies can really do. And now suddenly they've come along and they've injected these jabs into you, which four or five, some people are up to their seventh jab, you know, which is little more and more of this operating system they're putting into you. So you can see where all this is going. I mean, if you've got the, the, the you know, the now to look at it through the right type of eyes, you can see what all this is about. Mm. And it, there's no way that it's unrelated and it's just a coincidence. I think there's a lot to it. They, they can use frequency to activate certain things within people. And uh, like I said, we ain't seen nothing yet. The world's about to get pretty crazy. And I think it's going to blow people's minds what happens over the next 12 months to two years. Well, you casually mentioned the zombie apocalypse within all of that. Are you saying that potentially something could be triggered with 5G and everyone that's had a jab that could have seizures or seizures or just, just lose their cognitive function? I mean, some of the stuff that I'm seeing coming out of the United States, I don't know if you saw my last video, just naked people wandering around all over the world. In the yeah. Bronx, a woman just walking down the road, butt naked, holding naked. a little girl. A little girl's dressed for school. Mum's just walking down the street with her, butt naked, like it's it's nothing. You've got people um, starting to attack mm. and eat other people uh, around the place. You've got guys chomping on people on the street. One guy killed his wife and started eating it. You've got a, a guy in, uh, in Colombia, I think, just uh, – attacked a guy, clubbed him over the head, threw him on a fire and cooked him and started eating him. He's just standing there in public, just ripping bits of his leg off and eating it. It took like eight people to overpower this guy as well. And he's just a skinny looking guy. So yeah, I think there's a lot to it. I mean, if you can get into people's brain function and, and remove their morality and, and remove their, I mean, prions disease, like I said, if you look up prions, P-R-I-O-N, Look up prion and prion's disease. It's basically zombie disease. That's what prion's disease is. And there's prions that they've found in the jab. So, mm. And if there's prions inside certain molecules within the jab that will be released with 5G, yeah, it's absolutely possible they could do this. You'll just have people suddenly 
lose their sense of morality, lose their sense of normalcy. Even people walking naked down the street. I mean, I've heard that, that, that when the prions are released in their bodies, they get really hot. They're like burning up inside. So, of course, if, you, if your cognitive function's gone and you've got no real sense of morality and you're burning up ridiculously hot, it makes sense not to put clothes on. You, you're going to want to be cool. You just walk out and do whatever you want to do. You don't need clothes. It doesn't matter, you know. And I've had people like standing in, in Russia, people standing on snow, snowy streets in the middle of the road pouring buckets of cold water over themselves. A guy broke into a store and went and crawled into the, the cold freezer cabinet and curled up on top of the, the ice cream and stuff, you know, which is like minus three degrees. They're just trying to cool themselves down. So I think there's a lot to it, and I think we're going to see a, a, a real um, mass of this in the next uh, in the next year or so. It, it makes a lot of sense. You look at all the zombie preparedness plans that the CDC put out, and yeah, even the Amazon that. terms of service that they've removed now for the lumberyard. But um, there's been a lot of talk of this. There's been a lot of predictive programming of this, World War Z, uh, the movies. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they can do this. And what a great depopulation method, you know? Yeah. Well, we noticed at the very start of COVID, this massive initiative started to put up all the 5G towers. Elon Musk was putting up all these satellites. Yeah, shot 2,000 up in the sky or something. Yeah, to beam 5G down on us. And like you said earlier, everyone else couldn't go to work. Everything else was shut down, but they were just putting up 5G like nobody's business. But then obviously then people were linking that to, that's why people were getting sick. COVID's coming from the 5G, but actually it looks like it was a much more longer term of plan with what's in the jabs. I think I think people will be getting sick and they will be getting changed from 5G, but I don't think that's really happened yet. I think people weren't sick at all. They just had the seasonal flu, the seasonal detox. And what's what's killed most of them is is the injection, calling COVID. Everything was COVID. You, you die with a with in a car accident, it's COVID. You know, it didn't matter. You know, yeah, because the PCR isn't a test. Mm. That's why they've got to use, say, PCR test and call it a test all the time. They can't use the full title of it, which is a polymerase chain reaction. PCR is polymerase chain reaction. How do you have a polymerase chain reaction test? It doesn't work. It, it, mm. It's not. So PCR test sounds good. It's not a test. It's something that amplifies molecular molecules like you can you can it, it it takes a sample from you and you can find it's, it's very rare with all the stuff we've got floating around in the world and floating around in the air you find a molecule of just about anything in anybody and all you gotta do is isolate that molecule and say well that's the one i'm looking for and then you blow it up out of proportion with a pcr mm. you just keep reproducing it and reproducing it and magnifying it and say oh look we found this it doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. All you're doing, it's a polymerase chain reaction. So you're taking a small portion of anything that you want to name and turning it into a lot of that so that you've got enough to study. Mm. That's what it's for. It's, it's, it's not a test. It doesn't determine that you're sick with anything. That's not what a PCR does. Yeah. It's simply a, a chain reaction to, to provide you with enough of, of a certain molecule for you to be able to study it. That's what a PCR is. So it's not even a test. So they just use this to say, well, this guy's got COVID. This person's got COVID. COVID has never been isolated or shown to exist. Mm. The PCR is not a test. 
So the whole thing was a scam, and it was just provided the excuse for them to be able to lock people in nursing homes, kill them with remdesivir. You know, the, the amount of people that were murdered by the government through this to get the numbers up, and people were being paid like $15,000. If you have, a, you have a COVID death in your hospital, it's, you get $10,000. If you've got to put them on a ventilator, you get another $15,000. So you're getting $25,000 to $30,000 if you have a COVID death on a ventilator in your hospital. And people are asking why there were so many COVID deaths on ventilators. You know, it was a scam. The whole thing was a scam. It was a big murder operation, the whole thing. The medical industry has been murdering people for years and years. If you really start looking into the medical industry and, and you know, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, pharmacopoeia and where it all comes from, it's, it's, it's poisoning the population and it always has been. The, the pharmacy, the pharmaceutical industry is designed to keep people sick. It's designed to create customers. And there was, I don't think 5G or any of that sort of stuff was was killing anybody. I think it will be used to activate certain things in people, very likely these prions or whatever. It will be used as an active denial system. When they put these 15-minute zones in place, if people pull down enough ULES cameras and drive over enough police cars, they'll simply put up these 5G towers and they'll create an active denial barrier between the towers and you won't be able to walk through there because your skin will start burning. You know, that's what they can use this stuff for. They can use the 5G system to lock down all these 15-minute areas, lock you down into zones. All they got to do is put these towers up. And mm. they're, they're managing to put them up all over the place. So and people aren't pulling them down. They're pulling the ULES cameras down, but they're not pulling the 5G towers down. And the 5G towers are, are the real problem here. Mm. We, did, yeah. we did have the one guy in the UK that did take down a tower, but obviously he got nicked and uh, put in prison. Mm. They're pulling them down in France. A lot of people are cutting them down. There was a guy in Australia who... Um, who was putting up 5G towers, and he ended up going and getting an RV or, or an old tank he had parked on his property and driving through and knocking a lot of them down. That was a few years ago. He said these are the most... I wanted to ask you about ever. that. Yeah. He's still in jail, I think, that guy. But, um, I mean, he he saw what's going on. Like, he, these, these things are not for communication. These things are an active denial system. We're allowing our governments to put up an active denial prison system around all of our homes under the, the pretext that it's for communication. Now, it's not. You look on your phone and see, how, how much has your bandwidth improved since they put 5G in there? You won't notice a difference. It's, it's not for you. It's for them. Yeah, so the guy that took one of the towers down, I think it was with a tank or something, like an yeah. armored vehicle. Was it true that he worked directly with actually introducing 5g or engineering well, he was he was one of the technicians who was out there putting the towers up and oh. then he realized what they were going to be used for and he just said i can't be a party to this so he oh. got his, his his vehicle and he went out and started knocking them down to try to uh, wake the australian people to what's going on of course mm. they paid him like a crazy painted him like a, a nutcase you know but uh, he said no these things are evil these things have got to be pulled down you can't let them put this stuff up this is a prison system. They're turning all of our suburbs into a prison system. And it's not only a prison system, it's also a weapon system. Yeah. And it was amazing because this was stuff I was saying like two years before when I was warning people about 5G and saying, this is, this is a weapon system, folks. This isn't for your communication. They don't put up a weapon system in your country for communication purposes, you know? Who knows what 6G would do? We'll wait and see. Well, again, 6G <laughs> is just the sixth generation of communication. It'll still be using the, the millimeter waves that 5G uses. 6G will be the Internet of Bodies. It will be the brain net. You know, they go from the Internet of Things where everything's got a chip in it. They want the Internet of Bodies whereby you've got, you know, you're all in instant communication. This is why they've changed all the cell phone cases to metal as well in the last few years. Mm. You don't have plastic cell phones anymore. So if you haven't got your cell phone in your pocket, if you're within 10, 
feet of that thing, it'll bounce the carrier wave off to you so they can still get you through your cell phone, even if you're not holding it. You just got to be within 10 feet or 10 metres or something of your cell phone. So it, it's all part and parcel to the same thing. Wow. So to go back to something that we briefly touched on earlier, with chemtrails, obviously they exist, but for people out there that don't know what chemtrails are or don't know the difference between uh, vapour trails that come off of a back of an aeroplane to chemtrails. Yeah, well, well contrails, the, the key is in the, in the word contrail, it's a condensation trail. You know, how a contrail comes out of an aircraft engine, the engine's actually obviously hot, so it's pumping hot air out. When you're in high altitude and you're in really, really cold air and you pump hot air out into the cold air, it forms condensation particles. Because it's so high in the atmosphere and it's so cold up there, these condensation particles instantly freeze and they turn into tiny little ice particles. So that's the white trail that you see behind the sky. It's basically an ice particle of condensation that's frozen in the in the rarefied atmosphere and it's become ice particles. Obviously, ice particles are heavier than air, so they fall. So as the, the contrails fall and these ice particles fall into warmer air, they dissipate. So you'll look at a contrail, and it, it, it only goes for a little while behind the plane, and then it disappears because that's the ice particles falling into, into warmer air and dissipating. If it doesn't dissipate, then it's not condensation, so it's not a contrail. It's something that they're spraying. And when you look at what we've found in the atmosphere, what we've found in, in like isolated lakes, like near Mount Shasta and stuff, you go and get some of these isolated lakes and study the, the water samples and you're finding that there's all sorts of chemicals in there that shouldn't be there the only place they could be coming from is from the atmosphere they've got to be falling from the sky look up what's happening in the sky why are these persistent contrails there because contrails aren't persistent you can go and look on wikipedia now and they'll tell you that they are they'll tell you all sorts of disinformation that's come out in the last few years but the basic bottom line is that a contrail is a condensation trail condensation is frozen ice particles ice particles are subject to gravity they fall into warmer air and they dissipate it's as simple as that that's the end of the argument if they stay there and they spread out across the sky and they form into cloud banks these are not contrails this is chemical spraying that's been deliberately done from the, the planes and you can look at some of these aircraft and uh, contrails are supposed to come from the engines aren't they well why are these 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 other trails coming out of the tips of the wings and from the back of the plane and all these places that aren't engines if they're not spraying stuff on you you know and the stuff we found in there like barium strontium aluminium are three of the main ingredients which are also the ingredients of sparklers that you buy on, on fireworks night. You know, you just light them and they sparkle nicely. That's the same stuff. It's incendiary dust. So they're spraying this all over our countries, which is what is, and this is going down and falling on the leaves and the plants and into the mulch. And so when you have fires go through your country, they burn like hotter than you've ever seen them burn before because they've been spraying them for five or six years, 10 years. It was 10 years before we had, a, a you know, we hadn't had a good fire in Australia. And you look at those fires we had in 2019, at the end of 2019, they killed one billion animals like yeah, right. over the top. Yeah, terrible. And they, and they, were, they were like fires that the firemen had never seen before. And they could say, oh, my God, it's global warming. No, it isn't. It's chemtrail spraying. And these are a multi-platform delivery system. And they're admitting that they're doing it. They're saying we're putting shiny particles up there to reflect the sun to protect us from global warming. We found things like desiccated erythrocytes, which are dried red blood cells coming down in the atmosphere. 
from where are they coming from? The only common denominator is the spraying. They're a multi-platform delivery system. Even with, with the nanotech, the graphene, the stuff that they're putting in people with the jabs, mm. for those who aren't taking the jabs, well, you're breathing whatever it is they're spraying in the sky as well. This is getting on your food. It's getting on the plants that you're growing. Even if you're growing organic crops, well, they're spraying the skies with the chemtrails, your organic crops are covered in nanotechnology because that's what they're spraying in the skies. Nanotechnology, death cater, erythrocytes, barium, strontium, aluminium, all sorts of heavy metals and things, dioxins. That's what they're spraying in the skies. It's part of, again, silent weapons for quiet wars. They're hitting us from so many angles, so many angles. It's ridiculous. The fluoride in the water, the toxins in the food. Go and look at the ingredients of some of the stuff you're buying from the supermarket. Insects are in just about everything now. Insects contain chitons. Chitons, the, the, the toxins in chitons and the parasites in chitons can't be cooked out, and you're consuming these things. It, it's crazy. So, I mean, chemtrails are one of the most obvious and one of the most denied things ever. I mean, people just look up. Just look up in the sky and tell me this mm. is normal. Oh, these are exhausts from jets. Really, how come the jets didn't have exhausts when I was a kid? And if jets were actually leaving these amount of exhaust fumes all over the world, do you think they'd actually let them fly if all this stuff that they tell us about pollution is real? Mm-hmm. You know, they're spraying you. They're spraying you, and it's the most obvious thing ever, and people are in absolute denial of this because I guess it's, the truth is just too horrible for them to admit. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, people people see the world the way it is, but again, they just they have this, this Stockholm Syndrome, this, this cognitive dissonance. It's too shocking for them to want to know. I mean, it's kind of hilarious that people would believe in something like COVID, which was invisible, but the media was telling them, no, it is true, it is really there. But chemtrails that you can actually see, they deny the existence of. Yeah, and like they, yeah, have, yeah. they have got worse. I mean, we were, we were saying, Max, like, when we were kids in the 80s, me and Reese have known each other a long time, and when we used to see the planes go across the sky in the playground... You know, it looks very different to the sky. The trails wouldn't stay, stay in there. the air for that. You'd be life. really excited when you saw one, wouldn't you? Oh, look, they had a contrail. Yeah, yeah, you'd be really yeah. excited when one appeared. Now, all these, that is everywhere, all across the sky. It's like a spider's world. web. It's yeah. like a spider's web. It never ever used to look like that. You can never mm-hmm. see a painting that someone's done and the sky is like a spider's web. Yeah. You know? They've actually been putting them back in old films and stuff now. If you go back and look at films from the 50s, and you'll notice that they're going through a lot of these films and they're putting chemtrails in the sky. Wow. So to normalize it. You can go and look at an old Humphrey Bogart film and you'll see lines in, in, in the sky now. It's, it's crazy. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 the people are in so much denial of this and it's, it's happening all around them. And like I said, it's a multi-platform delivery system. Your sky isn't blue anymore. It's kind of got that silvery color. Make mm. a great movie screen, wouldn't it? It'd be great for projecting holographic images on there, wouldn't it? And now we're seeing all this talk of aliens and all sorts of stuff. Project Bluebeam, if they manage to do that, I mean, the skies are, are a perfect screen. Mm. You know, when you go to the movies, they call it the silver screen, you know, because the silver reflects nice things at you. Well, that's what we're seeing in the sky. It's not blue anymore. It's kind of that silvery blue. It would be a great screen to project whatever they want, second coming of Christ, whatever you want to do. We've got the uh, movie screen right up there for it. All we got to do is project the images for you. Well, that that brings us on to something else that's very current that we wanted to talk to you about, actually, because there's been loads of recent alien disclosure. Hmm. Obviously, there's these sightings from uh, the Navy, and then the most recent thing has been these alien mummies, would you call them? I mean, they look like they're made out of paper mache, but what do you make of this whole thing? 
all very predictable to get just to put it into your mind and again distraction to stop you looking at what's going on i mean look with what's going on in russell with russell brand and all this stuff look what's going on in the un at the moment they're signing in all of these these privacy things and all of these these um you know like um um, the internet preparedness stuff and the, these um, anti-disinformation laws and all these things are being signed in while people are distracted. And we're talking about aliens and Russell Brand and all this and all that. I mean, if they can use it and get away with it, they probably will. A lot of people would probably buy into it. Those aliens that they showed, those little miniature aliens in Mexico, I mean, whether they're real or not, I, I don't know. I'm not going to make the call without looking at them myself. But, um, but they look pretty fake. Do you think that's sowing the seeds for... Project Bluebeam, and if you oh, could yeah. explain what, what what that is to people. Project Bluebeam is, is what I said, projections of, of alien spacecraft holograms in the sky. They can put any image up there you want. I mean, look at some of the holographs you're seeing in concerts and stuff now. Yeah. Big machines, giant, giant robots and stuff. These are all holographic. Um, they could easily do that in the sky, and a lot of people would buy into it. And, and um, that's, I think, one of the purposes of it. But uh, those, those little aliens in Mexico, they actually brought them out 10 years ago as well they, they do this okay. regularly so that isn't a new thing I've, they're I've touring them aliens. they're touring them yeah yeah they go I'll on the world tour now and then you know every 10 years they go on their world tour you know so uh i have a new album out yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so it's all very predictable <laughs> that they do this sort of stuff i mean they're doing everything they can to distract people from what's actually going on around you while they're locking this prison system down you know people talking about burning out maui and people talking about 5g and people talking about how many people are dying from the yeah but oh no look over here there's aliens there's yeah, Russell yeah, yeah. And, and and you know yeah. all this sort of stuff to look at to gossip about and while you're looking over there well we're going to go to our new un meetings and we're going to bring all this stuff in place and make all these agreements agreements and, and lock you down more, bring massive amounts of more migrants into your country. But I oh, know, look what Russell Brand's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe the all... um maybe the aliens are on the same tour as uh Zelensky. <laughs> Could be. It's, <laughs> it's amazing that he's out there doing world tours in his little green khaki khaki thing. Putting body armor on pregnant women. I mean, and I, I put a video on my last video that some guy's been trapped in a holding cell and the army's coming in and beating the shit out of him all the time and they're going to drag him off to the front. This is their recruitment service in Ukraine. Uh, it's it's horrendous. It's about depopulation. I'm, I showed you that what's happening in Ukraine as well is a, a festival called uh, Rosh Hash, Hashashin or Rosh. Rosh Hashim or something like that, which is a Jewish ceremony. It's 30,000 Jews have actually descended on Ukraine. They're all partying at the moment. That's why they're depopulating Ukraine because a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the Jews around the world can't fit in Israel, so they're all going to move to Ukraine. Uh, this has all been uh, well established. And um, really when you look at the whole thing over there, it, it's such a scam, but then everything is. and But people aren't noticing it. Again, you know, look at the aliens, look at Russell Brand, look at all this other stuff that you've got to look at and be scared, be terribly scared of the, of the heat wave and climate change. All these people out there protesting, protesting climate change. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. So we need to end fossil fuels. Mm. There are no fossil fuels. How many dinosaurs do people think died? How many? How much oil we've we been pouring out of the earth? How many dinosaurs died? How many trees died? How, how much fossil is down there? And how is this fossil turning into enough oil for us to run the world the way we did for the last few you know, hundred years or two hundred years? Not one oil well has ever run dry anywhere. You know, they're not. It's not fossil fuel. You know, and all these people out there protesting climate change, which is completely contrived because they've been running the weather. They admitted controlling the weather like a hundred years ago, and they've been doing it ever since. 
They should have the on their signs, they should be out there not saying end fossil fuels. The signs should be reading, lock me down into a 15-minute city, remove my right to travel, take away my car, and feed me insects and maggots. That's what the signs should say, because that's what they're heading towards, and that's what they're promoting. We mm. need to stop all this, take all the transport away, stop using cars. I guarantee they all drove there in cars and in buses, and they're, they're more than 15 minutes from their home. But that's what it's going to be. You're not no eat, no meeting, no no eating meat, no pets, no cars, no flights, no travel in a 15 minute zone, being fed maggots, mealworms, and insects. Because they say they're going to feed you larvae. Well, what's larvae? These are insects, eggs that hatch before they turn into the insect, like maggots. Maggots are larvae. So they want you eating maggots and insects and mealworms and all this sort of stuff. And meanwhile, they'll be out there doing whatever they want to do. You know, so that's what these these climate protests are pushing. These are actually one of the biggest threats we face at the moment is the thousands, tens of thousands of people that are out there pushing for these 15-minute cities, pushing for more lockdowns, pushing for a complete removal of your ability to travel and your ability to have any rights at all. That's what the climate protests are pushing, and they don't even realise it. They think they're doing it to save the world. When the only thing that the world is threatened by is the politicians that are running this scam and those that are standing behind them that are uh, calling the shots. Going back to the just oil protesters and fossil fuels, do you think that actually things like oil, they're things we could never run out of? Like, is it yeah. regen- Does it regenerate? We, this yeah, they do. Oil is abiotic. It's produced in the earth. Mm. And like no oil well has ever run dry. They've been telling us that the peak oil's coming and we're going to reach this point of where production's going to fall. It never has. There's, no. there's hundreds and hundreds of oil wells around the world that are still capped. Oil's all through, all wells all through Alaska that are capped. Uh, there's there's hundreds of wells in near, near Moray. Nigeria and, and, and Iran. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all capped. Nice. They've never pulled any oil out of these wells. Mm. And none of the oils that they use, none of the wells that they're using have ever run dry. There's mm. no shortage. And oil could be burned very cleanly. They just don't do it. They want you to see smoke coming out of your exhaust. They want it to stink. They want it to be smelly because they want to lead you where they want to lead you. They want you to think that you're polluting the world by driving a car. And all these electric cars and stuff are so dangerous. And the amount of electricity it takes to charge them, which are all coal-fired power stations, these are these are not green at all, you know. Mm. But, uh, I mean, the whole green movement, I call it a watermelon, watermelon people. Green on the on the surface but red on the inside, you know all leading towards this this communist socialist type mm-hmm. reality so uh, yeah green on green on the surface but red on the inside they're all watermelon people so, yeah me too with yeah. the i mean you briefly touched on it then maybe this will be the last thing that we talk about actually but the the whole bug eating agenda i mean that's being pushed in a massive way all over the western world here in england yeah. they've even started having bug burgers in supermarkets and yeah. it's being advertised as a great source of protein. And obviously, the World Health there telling us this will be good for us if we all just get on board with it, you know. Yeah, so briefly, like, why why shouldn't humans eat bugs? Um, our, digest- about- our digestive system is not made to process bugs. You cannot process chitons, which are found in all insects, and you can't cook them out. Birds and things, are they've got different digestive systems. They can process this type of food. We can't. Half of the, the reason they do this, I mean, to make us sick, is, of course. I mean, they want to depopulate. But it's it's the fun of doing it as well. Like, like They don't just hate human beings. 
They 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 don't want to just kill us. If they wanted to just kill people, they could burn them out. They could flood them out. They could just depopulate the world. They could have wars, whatever. But no, no, they get you out there injecting yourself in this stuff and and making your body just just collapse in the most horrific of ways. We've seen organ failure in people. We've seen people developing dermatitis over their whole bodies, even on their eyelids and on their tongue, like ridiculous stuff, like in putting people through insane amounts of, of pain, getting your children, convincing them to cut their genitals off when they're really young so they can go out there and live an absolute horrible life once they realise what they've done. You know, and, and to be able to laugh, look what we did to these incredibly enlightened beings. We turned them upside down and inside out, and now we've got them sitting at home eating bugs and maggots. Right, they they hate humans with an absolute passion, and they don't just want to kill you; they want to just destroy you. They want to they want to turn you inside out. They want to rip you to pieces. They want to destroy everything it means to be human. They want to destroy your psyche, destroy everything about you, and rip you up into little pieces and crush you and squash you and burn your bones. That's the level of hatred and contempt they have for the human race. And a lot of what they're doing, they're doing because it's fun for them. It's fun. You've got to understand how how the dark side works. You know what what we would call dark bliss. You know when you when you look at the the, the positive and negative spectrum of energy, and you realize that state of bliss you can be in when you're in love, when you, when you have a child, those, those situations where you're literally crying with joy. You know, of such bliss of this moment, this beautiful sunset with this beautiful child and this lovely woman next to me, or whatever. You know, this these these moments you get in, you've got to realize that there's the dark side of that as well. That when these people have got an innocent little soul like a baby, and they're terrifying it to the point of of absolute like it's it's more terror than you can possibly imagine. That is bliss for them. They really get off on it. It gives them energy. You've got to understand this is what we're dealing with. This is the level of evil that we're dealing with. These people have fully gone to the dark side, and this is absolute joy and pleasure. You saw Matt Hancock when they mentioned that all these people mm-hmm. were dying from the jab, and he started laughing and tried to pretend that he was crying. But he literally started cackling. He, he couldn't help himself. He just, just the thought of these people dying in such agony made him start laughing because he's in that dark bliss. This is bliss for them. So that's a lot of the reason. I mean, what else can we do? Oh, insects, bugs. Let's make them eat maggots and insects. Let's just turn these people inside out. Mm. And and the level of control, it's like puppets on a string. It's like they're running an ant farm and they're getting the ants to kill each other. And they're just watching how it goes. You know, and, and enjoying every single moment. And they come up with new ideas of, oh, how can we fuck with them now? Let's do this. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's bliss for them. It's bliss for them. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to, it isn't just that they want to kill you. It isn't just that they're depopulating. You've really got to look at their methodology and, mm-hmm. and how their minds work. And if you can't understand what evil really is and can't understand both spectrums of it and understand that this dark bliss exists, then you'll never understand their mindset. You'll never understand why they do things the way they do. Mm, it's not just about depopulating, as you just well, said. They've got to have fun while they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's fun demoralizing. Or dehumanizing almost mm. as well. It's fun for them. It's absolute fun. They love getting children and, and, and brutalizing them and seeing them scream and stuff. They sit there getting off on it, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's pure evil. Yeah, pure evil. Pure yeah. evil to a level that, that most people cannot even comprehend, mm. which is why they won't. Well, if you believe you when you say that sort of stuff, well, no, that's that's terrible. How could you even think those thoughts? Well, yeah. if you're not prepared to go there and look at this with, with an open mind and really look into the face of evil, 
You're never going to understand how they do it. You've got to start to think like a psychopath and think how these people work, you know. And but you can't look into the, that darkness or you'll become the evil. Well, no, you won't. If you look into the mirror of evil, what you will discover is the goodness in yourself. If you look deep enough and you can really see what we're dealing with here, then you see a real need to speak out and to speak out against this stuff and to take action against what's happening. I mean, if I'd never looked into the mirror of evil, I could never do what I do now. And I could never understand these people's mindset to the extent that I, I think that I do now because I've been prepared to look there, no matter how uncomfortable it is. You know, if, if you shine a light into the, into the darkness, then the darkness will flee. But people are too scared to shine the light on it because of how it makes them feel. They don't want to admit that this reality is possible. You want to admit that, that you know, someone could be that evil. Yeah, but you could be that evil. We could all be that evil. If we were grown up into that and we were trained into that, we all have the capability of, of doing this. All you've got to do is let yourself go to the dark side. You know, but, you know, of course, most of us who can think clearly won't do that. But you've got to be able to look at it. If, you, if you're not prepared to look at it, then you'll never understand your enemy and you won't even understand the battlefield that you're on. And if you don't understand the battlefield that you're on, you don't understand what you're fighting, you should not be even on the battlefield. And we are all on the battlefield right now. So, you know, you've got to be prepared to look at what your enemy is actually doing and what their, their motivations are. And if you can't do that, and you, you'll never understand them. And again, you shouldn't be on the battlefield. It's like a murder detective uh, solving a, a violent crime, a violent murder. If he can't get inside the killer's mind and understand why he did it, or if he'll do it again, if the detective's not willing to go there, he's not only going to solve, not solve the crime, chances are that person who did that will just carry on doing it. Mm, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you've got, to, you've got to be prepared to look at this stuff, you know, but it's it's too uncomfortable for a lot of people to ever want to do. It stimulates emotions in themselves that they don't want to don't want to experience it because they're living in a state of fear. A lot of these people say, oh, I'm in a state of high vibration, you know, where where, where uh, attention goes, energy flows, and I, I, there's no evil in my life. No, you're actually in a state of fear. You're in a state of fear. You won't look at stuff. At certain forms of light you can't process because all information is light. No matter how evil it is, it's still light because it's information. And you have a failure to process certain forms of light, so you shut yourself off from it and you claim you're in a high vibration. You're actually in a, in a, in a low vibration because you're refusing to look at stuff because you're scared of how it makes you feel inside. So you're actually projecting exactly the wrong energy that you think you're projecting. Mm -hmm. you know, whereas if you were to look at that with an open heart and acknowledge what it is and acknowledge how this dark bliss works, you would have the opportunity to be able to heal that by shining light on it. But you know, you're too scared to do so because of the way it makes you feel. And you don't want people to think that you're focusing on the negative. So I'm manifesting this negative. This is just complete new age garbage, you know. The new age industry's got a lot to answer for. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of bad stuff in there. It's like religion. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. I mean, a lot of religion has been co-opted. It's got nothing to do with the, the people. That the, I mean, Christianity's got very little to do with Christ. You know, it's all to do with what the church wants you to do. So um, just people failure to look at this sort of stuff and failure to acknowledge it because of the fear they hold within themselves. So we've got to get over this hump, people. You've you got to look at this stuff because as soon as you do, it can't exist anymore. All you have to do is shine a light on it. And it goes. You know, you can't take any any. You, you take a little bit of light into a dark room, and the darkness flees. Doesn't matter how much darkness you take into a room full of light; it, it doesn't do anything. It just flees as soon as it gets in the light. Darkness doesn't affect the light, but light affects the darkness. So that should be a clue for people. If you can just put yourself in the right mindset and put your heart in the right space and be prepared to look at this evil, 
then it can't exist anymore because it's existing all around us because people have got blinkers on and they won't look. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies. Thank you.